coaches. There is a way to increase your impact without becoming a slave to your business. This is Purpose to Profit, where we talk to top industry experts, coaches, and clients about their strategies that will help you do less and make more. And now, here's your hosts. Hey guys, I'm Adam Marquardt. And Sandra Garcia here. And today we have with us Todd Zimmerman. And Todd is an intuitive, transpersonal, soul-oriented practitioner focusing on integration and self-actualization. He has worked in the area of healthcare and personal growth and development for over 30 years, personally creating, co-creating, and facilitating unique transformational programs, workshops, and ceremonies that have powerfully affected the lives of thousands of people. Todd, welcome to the show. Thank you. So my question for you is how did you get into all of this? Well, that's a a bit of a long story, but I'll make it short because I do think it's kind of interesting. I had no no intention of getting into this stuff. But years ago, when I was working at IBM and living with my girlfriend, Jan, she asked me to go to this event called a breathwork. And when she was done describing it, I said, no, thanks. I don't want to go do that. And she goes, no, really, I'd really like you to do that. And I was like, no, I really don't want to do that. But by the end of the conversation, I had agreed to go, (laughs) if nothing else, came up that day. And anyways, I went. It was a breath work and it completely blew me away. I'd never done anything even remotely so powerful. And it was the type of breath work where you breathe deep, full, rapid breaths. You lay on the floor and music is played and facilitators go around and help you if stuff comes up. Well, stuff came up. I never was able to express so much emotion in one moment in my whole life. And I had done a pretty good job of repressing my emotions. And this event completely blew my mind. Is like, how can this be true? All I did was breathe a little heavier and faster than normal. And I, I had this profound emotional experience of crying and releasing and feeling anger and fear and all within, you know, like an hour and a half. And it really, really was one of the biggest wake-up calls in my life. And I knew that day somehow, even though I didn't, I wasn't part of the weekend warrior, go do workshops and improve yourself, this thing completely, like I said, it blew me away. And I, I'm going to do this someday. And I talked to the guy who was the facilitator, Luik, and he said, okay, great. And in a couple of months, he called me back and said, we got a training going on. Do you want to attend? And I did. So that's kind of what started everything. And then shortly after that experience, my girlfriend's son was having strange dreams and didn't know what to do with it. And at that time, I didn't know much about it either. And uh, she looked in the phone book and found this in the (laughs) yellow pages. You guys remember the (laughs) yellow pages? Yeah. I've heard of that. (laughs) And she she found this group called SEN, S-E-N, or Spiritual Emergence Network, and called them, talked to the lady at the other end of the phone, and set up an appointment for her son to go in and talk about these strange dreams, which I know now were out-of-body experiences he were having, he was having, astral projection. He and his one of his friends were having the same kind of thing, so they were kind of scared by it. And fast forward, the day for the appointment comes, and about 15 minutes prior to 
time to get in the car and leave, Kelly, her son, comes in and says, not going, don't want to go, and <laughs> take off. And I look at Jen and I go, we're going to have to pay for this anyways. Why don't we take it? And I said, I'm having some strange stuff going too. That's the day I met my teacher. Wow. We went, talked to her, and by the time I was done talking with her, she did this weird stuff called breath work and some other shamanic things. And I said, okay, I'll do it. Let's start. And I started working with her. And I saw her every week, once a week, for two and a half years and did breath work every single time, almost without fail, except for holidays and things like that. But for two and a half years, I did breath work once a week. And it completely transformed my ability to feel and sense and what I knew or didn't know was real. I began to see things in very different ways. And through her and the community that developed around her and her husband, we created a spiritual or a, you know, a mystery school, if you will. And that was where my initial exposure to these ways happened. It was like a switch o change Spirit pulled a switch o change on us. And it was supposed to be for her son. And it ended up, it was for me. And it was the beginning of my transformation. Mm, wow. You know, one thing in common, Todd, most of the people that we interview, because it is purpose to profits, people who have managed to make profit out of their purposeful work, it finds them. It's never, I went to school to do this, or it's always by a series of synchronicities or fateful kind of events that seem almost by chance that the purpose finds them. So I think it's amazing. It, this whole time you thought it was for her son, but it was set up for you. <laughs> yeah. I had several of those things happen in my life where, you know, that saying, when the teacher's ready, the student appears. When the student's ready, the teacher appears. I've had several of those circumstances happen where I wasn't looking for anything personally, but from the personality side of myself, I wasn't looking. And yet something happened. I've shared that story with you about hand analysis, right? How I got started with hand analysis is a very similar thing. The teacher I just described to you, her name is Jyoti. She invited me to come to an evening, this was 30 plus years ago, where I was going to read palms. And this was early in my life. And I looked at her and said, no, thanks. Palmistry? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not going there. <laughs> and she goes, really? He's really good. You ought to come see him. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And then she just said, I'm your teacher. You're coming. Mm. I went to that event. And it was the second thing that profoundly changed my life path. I got my hands read for just a couple of minutes by this guy, Richard Unger. And what he told me was like, you can't know that. How do you know that? Looking at my hands and everybody else in the room, I knew. And he got every one of them in five minutes. And I was like, okay, what's going on with this stuff? So, you know, I got a full reading from him. And it completely, again, one of those things is like, you can't do that by looking at people's hands. And he did it. And he did it time after time after time. And so finally, I had to like get through my left-brainedness and say, okay, something's working here. This works. How does it work? So I took the training. And, you know, it was many years of training. And that course and the content of 
you know, many things. It's not just reading hands, but it was the style and the presentation and how the information is shared. And it was a really, really wonderful, well thought out system of sharing the information. And that changed my life as much as the content of what my hands revealed. It was the right. concepts behind it. For the people that don't know, I have a couple of questions. First off, what is scientific handprint analysis and how does it differ from traditional palmistry? Well, let me correct one thing you said there. It's scientific hand analysis, not scientific hand print analysis, just to be clear. The territory is called scientific hand analysis. And how that differs nowadays is it has a, basically, it differs in a few things. It has a new tool. In old palmistry, they didn't have the new tool that we have today called fingerprint analysis. That had not been developed yet. And so the thing that fingerprint analysis adds to palmistry is a solid base upon which to build. Because fingerprints do not change they stay the same your whole life, and everybody has unique fingerprints. So we've learned, in a sense, how to decode fingerprints, and fingerprints are patterns. There's a bunch of different patterns, and by learning how to decode the patterns and what finger they're on, we can derive a lot of meaning, and that meaning doesn't change throughout a person's life. And so scientific hand analysis includes that tool, which is solid and unchangeable. The rest of the hand, the shape, the lines, the orientation of things, the segments of the fingers, the, the way the fingers attach to the palm, there's all kinds of different maps, if you will, on the hand that give us as readers information. And the hand changes. Your lines and shape of your hand will change over time. And so in old palmistry, that those changes were harder to track and to see the consistency in them. And so it would seem like the information was not so accurate from time to time. But now we know that these things do change and they reflect what's going on inside the person's life, if you will, in your own thinking, your own emotions, the different lines and you know, shapes and colors and things about the hand give us information about dynamic changes happening right now. Fingerprints reveal why the soul came. So fingerprints form five months prior to birth and they never change. So that's interesting. And that was one of the things when Richard Unger read my hands the very first time that he came in and gave a talk prior to reading everybody's hands. And he's talking about fingerprints and how they form five months prior to birth on the volar pads of the fetus and they never change. And the correlation to many traditional systems of thousands of years old said long before science came along that the soul enters the fetus five months prior to birth. And it's like, okay, that's fascinating. Five months prior to birth, the soul has been said to enter the human body, the fetus, for thousands of years. How did they know that? And then five months prior to birth, now science discovers fingerprints form and never change. Interesting correlation. Right at the same moment, these prints on your hands that give information never change. And I went, okay, I'm interested. 
yeah, tell me more about that. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I want to know. And so that was one of the profound pieces of hand analysis that worked for my scientific mind was, okay, there's some very strong correlations here. What's going on at a deeper level? You know, Todd, I love that. And I love the thing that I, that I love about you is that you are such a logical person into where you're always seeking answers. And I think I can relate to that because there's so many things where it's like, okay, well, how does that work? And then you get to see, continue to dive deeper and understand more and just kind of pull it apart. And I think it's interesting of something that you said earlier was when you were invited, you were like, yeah, I'm not going to that. Like, there's no way that that works, you know? And you went and you were open-minded and you were like, you experienced. And I think that what's so funny is how that has led into your purpose and how it's allowed you to continue doing what you're doing, just simply saying, all right, you know what, I'll go. Even if it was somewhat (laughs) against your will from your teacher saying, hey, I'm your teacher, you're going, (laughs) you still had the choice to say, say, you know what, no, I'm not, I'm not showing up, I'm going to bail. But each and every time you were put in one of those looking back now, synchronistic type of scenarios, you at least were open-minded enough to say, hey, you know what, I'll check it out. And what's funny is your reaction of saying, like, there's no way you can know that is something that I can relate to 100%. Because so for everyone listening, I actually met Todd through Sandra. And Sandra's like, hey, like, I want you to just do this session. And I'm like, no, like, there's no way that like, what is this going to be? Right. And so I get on the phone with Todd and I'm expecting this super like out there, hyper like, and Todd gets on the phone and he's very personable and he's very logical and he just starts talking to me. And and, like, we were going through this session. I'm literally sitting there. I wish that we would have been on video. My jaw would have been on the table because like you, I was like, there's no way you can know this. And I remember hanging up the phone and calling Sandra and being like, did you talk to my wife? Did you give her this information? Because <laughs> it was so hyper relevant. One of the things that we were talking about that I still remember to this day was about how you were saying about that I, you know, certain things that you saw in the analysis revealed that I take a long time to make very big and important life decisions. And I was just sitting there. I was like, well, it took me five and a half years to propose to my wife. I knew I wanted to. I just didn't make the move. But it was a series of all of those things, those truths you just kept speaking. And I'm like, there's no way that he knows this from looking at my hand. And so just hearing even more of the backstory, you know, with the five months and just even as I, you know, educate myself through this conversation, like it is insane and it is incredible. That was my way to really decide whether or not we were going to continue to work together, Adam. I needed to know (laughs) what you're about, what you're made of. Kidding. Not so kidding. Um, (laughs) We're still here, right? (laughs) I know, right? It could have been that bad, I guess. Right. No, but I meant Todd, I want to say, gosh, Todd, it's been more than three years at this point. And I've probably had four or five readings and it was nothing short of life altering and spectacular. I mean, there's no way to really describe it. It's very experiential and it's speaking, like Adam said, truth. It's someone speaking to who you are in your core. And the fact that you have a, a roadmap your soul's agenda is on your hands. You essentially carry it with you and you touch everything with it on every given point. It just blew my mind. And even the fact that every reading I do, we dig a little bit deeper and it's like looking at the stars in the sky. There's always going to be more and more. And so I really appreciate Todd's work and, and his ability to just be able to read this soul's 
map that is in all of our hands. And so I take him or I take all my good friends to him just so they get to experience it for themselves. And he does soul print seminars where he exposes larger groups of people to the work that he does. Question I wanted to ask you, Todd, was what can someone expect walking away from a session? Like you talked about information being on the hands. What kind of information do you see? Okay, let me hold that, bookmark that. I want to go back to something Adam said real quick, just because it was so funny. Yeah. When you called up Sandra and you said, did you talk to him? <laughs> did, you, did you get that? Did you, you know, when Richard was reading my hands, I looked over at my teacher, <laughs> Joe T, and I said, did you tell him this? <laughs> and she didn't. I find out now she barely knew the guy yeah. at the time. But of course she didn't. But you know, I had the same reaction. <laughs> Did you tell and, him this? <laughs> and I think it's so common because it's one of those things where, like, to your words earlier of like, there's no way you can know this. Like, yeah. my hand cannot tell you these things. And knowing and experiencing it, you know, just knowing that it's true, like, it still is, is such an incredible gift. Yeah, it is. And I'll give a, here's some more science behind this. Because it is my nature, you're right. I want to know why things work. You can't always know why some things you have to trust, but there are some things. For instance, fundamentally, we are vibrational beings. We are a soul, which is a vibrational being, having a human experience. And part of the fingerprint thing is five months prior to birth, the soul enters the fetus. There's two different ways to look at that. I'm only going to share one way right now just for the purpose of time. But the soul has a vibrational essence. It literally has its own unique vibration. And vibration affects matter. You can sing a note and shatter a glass without touching it, right? The note, the singing is a vibration. So every soul has a signature vibration that nobody else has. And so what happens is when that vibration interacts with matter, it leaves traces, like in the practice of somatics, I mean, uh, cymatics, you can create a sound and that sound will, they vibrate a plate, let's call it a steel plate. And on top of that plate, they put sand or podium powder or really fine particles. And then they vibrate the plate at a particular frequency. Let's call it an A, the note A. And a pattern will emerge, a geometrical pattern will emerge that's recognizable. If you didn't spread it out with your hands and put the same note on again, the same pattern emerges every time. You change it to a B or a frequency B, a lower note, and now the pattern changes. This is science. This isn't woo-woo. Vibration affects matter. And so in our hands now, if we go back to Sandra's question, what a person can expect from a reading has a lot to do with that. What I'm actually reading is their vibrational essence at the time of the reading. Now, your hands change. There are more nerve endings in your hands, both hands, than any other area of the body almost combined. The hands are enormous when it comes to nerve endings and its connection to the brain. So when we change internally, when our mind changes... When our frequency shifts, if you will, it reflects in our eyes. You can read the retinas. You can read the irises. You can read the biometrics of the face. You can read the hands. This is not limited to just hands. Vibration affects our entire body, and science has learned how to read that. 
we can actually now read people's minds, right? They can actually use scientific devices to read the frequencies that people's minds and hearts and things are putting out, and it yields information. So it's a matter of decoding. How do you decode the information? So when I'm looking at your hands, over the centuries, there have been some correlations made to certain lines and or shapes in our hands. For instance, we have a heart line or the line of the heart. It's called a few things, but what it represents isn't who you'll marry. You know, some people want to turn it into that. It's not (laughs) predict. It's your emotional nature. The heart line helps us interpret what's going on for a person at the emotional level, what they need emotionally, how they like to express themselves emotionally. So interpreting the heart line can be a great help for people with regard to relationships, how they be in relationship with one another. If you understand a person's heart line, you can understand their needs and wants and desires. Now you can relate to them that way. But what the tendency in our world is people tend to think if I'm this way, then everybody else should be that way too. If I can do it, then you can do it. And there's this kind of pervasive belief that we're all similar. Well, we're not. And the heartline reveals different types of needs emotionally. And if partners could just understand each other's wants and needs rather than expecting them to have the same ones that they have, now you have an opportunity for collaboration. You have an opportunity to to talk about wants and needs and how to make sure you're there for each other. So heartline information in the hands can really help a person understand themselves and their emotional needs, what's negotiable and what's not. For instance, I have hermit indicated in my heartlines. There's four primary types of heartlines. I have hermit in mine and that part of me needs private time. I need alone time. I need to be by myself and in my cave, or I get, I get frustrated, I can get sharp or angry easy if my hermit time is not getting met. But other people who don't have hermit needs can tend to not understand that in a hermit and think that when they say they want to be alone, the other person thinks, oh, you mean you don't want to be with me? And it's like, no, the hermit says, no, that's not it. I need to be alone. I need to get this alone time met. If the other heartlines could understand that as a non-negotiable need, hermits need private time, alone time, then they don't take it so personally and think that the hermit person, their partner maybe, is trying to hide from them or doesn't want to be with them or whatever. It's just like breathing. A hermit needs private time. Did that help? Yeah, absolutely. And that actually brought up a question for me where I was just thinking, if somebody is in the position that you were in or that I was in where we are just kind of skeptical about it, kind of, you know, not really sure what we'd walk away with, not really sure what would we even walk into, you know, whether they are even remotely considering going through this process with someone like you or anybody else for that matter, like what would you tell them or encourage them now knowing what you know and, you know, helping the people you've helped and knowing that you even used to be there and say, ah, this doesn't work. You know, there's no way that this is possible. You know, how would you encourage them or what would you say to them? Well, I would say, I'm your teacher. You're going. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that may actually work. It worked on you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm your partner. You're going. No, um, not like that. 
But what I would say is give it a shot. It, it can't hurt you. It can help and open to the possibilities that there is some wisdom in this conversation that might be helpful. And yeah, it's okay to doubt. People doubt it all the time when they come get a reading. I don't take that personal. I did too when I first started. I doubted it. But like you said earlier, somehow for some, some part of my soul's essence, I'm a curious person. Yes, I'm curious and I'm curious, <laughs> both meanings of the word. I'm open. I like to discover new things. I'm curious about life. I'm always looking for what else is true. What else is possible? And so that kind of a perspective, it can be very helpful. And if you doubt it, that's okay for sure. Lots of things are easy to doubt. And if we have no experience or evidence to the contrary, you know, okay, so the doubt might be a little stronger. But even though we doubt, stay open, try it, see what happens. It can be very helpful to have that kind of open attitude to explore life a little bit without judging it too much. Judgment, it's important to have discernment capacity about life for sure. Judgment takes it to that next step where oftentimes we're judging it without all the information. And then we just limit ourselves. Judgment just limits ourselves. So if we can open ourselves past judgment into, you know, curiosity and openness, then that's what I'd say in probably far less words, but that's what I would say. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, had you not been open to taking that meeting, then we wouldn't be having this conversation now and you wouldn't have impacted all the lives that you have. And for me personally, I'll always be, I'll be a lifetime client of Todd's and I'm always looking forward to our next session probably once, I'm going to say once every eight months or so I go back once a year, but there's always new information. And what was incredibly helpful for me was we just talked about the heart line. There's so many lines, like this whole time while you were talking, Todd, I was just looking at my hands, like, has it changed? Uh Have I changed? But the incredible thing is just putting my life purpose in perspective, in words, in him describing it in a way that just really felt like truth in my core. And there's different schools that we belong to based on the prints in your hand. And every print is different. And there's gift marks that you have. And the way that the lines go, there's a significance behind every crevice and every line. And so the information evolves along with you. And so it just gave me so much clarity on what I was put here to do on this earth, what my spiritual giftings are, what my life challenges are, my life lessons, and the tools that I chose in order to execute the mission that I was sent to do. So if you are at any sense curious, he also does readings online. So if you're not local, Todd lives in Los Gatos. He's my my backyard neighbor, (laughs) much farther into the the woods. (laughs) But yeah, and thank you for for sharing that. I guess I just have one final question and interested if you had anything else to add, happy to hear that. What makes this work so sacred for you? Like why out of everything? I know that you started off in IBM, then you started doing breath work, and you're a transformational coach, and you do shamanic work, and, and there's so many different avenues. But what about the scientific hand analysis makes it sacred, like I said? Yeah, I could say so many things, but because the hand analysis is this way of getting, is reading a person's soul map. And I deeply believe that I am a human, have, I mean, a soul having a human experience. You know, it's, there's, there's no doubt or question for me. That's a fact. We are vibrational entities. 
one of the words we use for that is soul or essence. There, there are different spiritual practices and or religions have different names for it. But at the core, who we are is a vibrational entity. Our whole world is based on vibration. And so there's nothing more fundamental than that. So when we get to that perspective, what I'm doing, when people come, they give me permission to look at their soul. I get to see who they really are. And I take that as a deep, deep honor. I am honored by that opportunity to be in that kind of authentic relationship with someone. They may not know that when they first come, but by the time we're partway through the reading, I think they're getting it that this isn't just someone saying stuff to them. I get to read their soul and I get to tell them information that will help them line up with who they truly are and be able to make decisions about their secular world activity that's in alignment with their soulful essence. And to me, that's the juice of my life. I don't really care that, you know, some of the questions I can, we could go over are, they're more about secular world from profit, from purpose to profit. When I look at that, I, I think that's a great concept. And for me, it's not so much about profiting in the world. What I do, I do because it helps humanity. It helps us get back in touch because we can forget that so easily in a world where Maslow's hierarchy of needs is so dominant. We have to make money to afford food, to afford housing, to afford everything. So we get kind of caught in the world of being successful in a secular world sense of it. And that's all true and it's all good. And there's another side, which is for me, can we be successful at remembering who we are? And I think that's more important than any other type of success is can we get into an alignment with what we're doing, our purpose for being human this time around? Why are we here? Then adjust our choices based on that knowledge of our essence self. Be that. Be authentically who we are. And being that from that soulful place that I get to read. People come in and I get to be with them in that place and help reveal that. So that's the juice for me. Reminding people who they are. Gently helping to peel away the layers of not self. We get layer after layer of the world putting stuff on us that this is who we should be, this is what we should be doing, this is legal, this isn't legal, that you got to do this thing and that thing. There's all kinds of rules and laws and teachings that lay on us a bunch of stuff that isn't true about who we are. So fundamentally, my work is helping us get back in touch with our divinity, with who we are at the soulful level, and then help people live into that more often on a daily basis, being our soulful self. Wow. There's so much power in that vulnerability, the soul-to-soul connection, like you just said. And I, I definitely have experienced it firsthand. And I really appreciate who you are and the gift that you are to this world. And I thank you for sharing all of that with us. Um, Todd, if anyone is interested in getting a reading or learning more about the work that you do, where could they find you? You know, it's easiest to call me or email me. 
I have a website, but in keeping with my not so secular life, <laughs> it's not really functional <laughs> at this time. But someday I'll have it ready. So the easiest way to reach me is to call me on at six five zero three eight seven two zero five one. That's my cell, and you call or text me. Yeah, and we're also going to be posting all of the notes in the episode. So the number is great. We're going to have the email. We can even include the website. It's okay that it's a work in progress. So are we. We give permission here. (laughs) So if you want to learn more, you're interested in having a session, then feel free to reach out. Todd, we appreciate you so, so, so much. One final question, one word answer how do you help people remember who they are? You had to narrow it down to one word. For anyone listening that's feeling lost. Authenticity. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, Todd, I just want to thank you for coming on and sharing your wisdom, sharing your purpose. It's been an incredible to talk with you today. I know that there's probably different subjects we could talk about for hours. And so we'll have to bring you back on in the future. But for today, I want to say thank you. Well, thank you for the opportunity. It's really wonderful to talk like this, to have people ask the questions and have the opportunity to share. So thank you, both you and Sandra. I appreciate it a lot. You are welcome. And we'll talk to you later, Todd. Okay. See you next time. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I know that you could be anywhere doing anything, but I'm incredibly grateful that you decided to spend your time with us. We hope that there were some valuable pieces that you took away from this. If you want to catch more of our episodes, then go right now and subscribe. And remember, wherever you are on your journey, keep going and never quit.